Welcome to Talking In Stations. This is Madderall here with, uh, well, Rundle. How are you doing, Rundle? I'm doing great. Hello to my internet spaceship friends in EVE Online. Nice to see you guys tonight. Yeah, and we also have Abby. Hey, everybody. And Hateless is with us today. How are you doing, Hateless? Hey, guys. How's it going? All right. We're going to talk about patch notes today because it is patch day on the May 18th of uh, 2021. And we also have a little bit of uh, other news, and we'll talk to Hateless about what he thinks about some of these uh, module changes that hit all at once. I guess that's the big story. But before we get there, Rundle, what should we celebrate? Dun, 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 dun. Eve has won the Webby Award. Yeah. One of the For Project web. Discovery. So yeah. let's bring that yeah, up yeah. real quick. Yeah, the People Webby's uh, official Webby's People Voice Award winner is Project Discovery with Eve Online. So that was uh, announced today. You did it. Good job. Uh, that's a testament to Eve players, and uh, they did what you're not supposed to do, which is uh, gang up on awards and vote people's choice. So good job. Yep. So that was uh, pretty good. But also. Uh, yeah. uh, Pretty interesting because of all the awards, I think that was one that was, uh, you know, helping with the crisis at hand, which was COVID and some of the project discovery stuff related to uh, virus busting. So it's good stuff. Yeah, I think that's the neat thing. That this one was for me just, you know, it's the contribution of the COVID-19 research. It was able to very quickly transition to that, uh, assisting in that. Right, uh, which obviously has a huge impact worldwide, still is, and uh, ah, I think it's, you know, it it shows well on Eve and the player community and CCP and you know all of it. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, and is I guess the New York Times uh, states it's the internet's highest honor. So um, yeah, it is good job all around. Yeah, Webbies are a big deal. That's not uh, some goofy little thing. It's a yeah. big deal. Yeah, there's one data point here. Let me just read this right from the award, right? Uh, so this is just since last June, right? So not even a full year, but close. 327,000 EVE Online players made over 115 million data submissions, saving scientists over 330 years of research in understanding how COVID-19 affects blood cells and the human immune system. That is, to me, those are just big, huge numbers and incredible uh I, I don't even think I, I did some of this. I don't even think at the time I realized I was even helping with the COVID stuff. I was just playing around because I, Trying you know, your skins. Yeah. It's just skins. It just kind of was bored at work. And I'm like, I could, a game in a game sounds good. So I was doing it. So yeah. Like yeah. Frankie says, uh, Eve cured COVID. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty big claim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it's awesome that the community got to contribute towards a world yeah. problem i think that that is really cool yeah so i mean I, if you're yeah if you're stuck up in your room and uh, your wife is calling for you or the kids or your parents or whatever you can now shout down don't bother me i'm curing covid maybe yeah. i'm even curing cancer you can't come and bug me i'm, I'm doing, doing really important things being ambitious uh, here yeah i i was uh out of work for a short time last year when COVID hit. And one thing I did actually every day was I logged in and I maxed my project discovery um, because I, one, I had nothing else to do. And two, I might as well help out in, in trying to end this thing so I can get back to work quicker. Right. So um, I was one of the crazy people who actually managed to get it to 500. Um, it was cool. Oh, nice. Didn't know that. Yeah. I got myself in my marshal. Nice. Wow. Fantastic. Congratulations. And you yeah, I ended up having to buy a new mouse afterwards from all the clicking. So <laughs> someone asked what the other winner is real quick. Uh, the Uncensored Library um, for Public Service Activism and Social Impact was a, another Webby winner. So that is... Uh, see if I, I didn't know there were two. Up. Are there? Yeah, there was another one, right? So this was, this was uh, about a game that promoted awareness around an issue, support of a particular societal cause, or otherwise encourage real-world social action. And I'm trying to see what they did here. 
And actually, sorry, while we're on this topic, there was a few streams that CCP did on their Twitch uh, discussing Project Discovery with some of the scientists involved with the team that was involved in implementing Project Discovery. So if you're like interested in them, go back and watch them on their Twitch. They're they're about an hour long, and it's just really cool to learn about some of the science behind how the Project Discovery works, what you're actually doing and solving. Yeah. So I found it here really quick, and I didn't even know this was it, but it makes sense. I've heard this news story. So um, in terms of fighting censorship and stuff on the internet, uh, you know, firewalls and, and restriction, however, uh, and I'm just paraphrasing really quickly, um, Minecraft is a game that isn't necessarily blocked in many places of the world. And so a lot of stuff had, um, a lot of people were able to then go create books and stuff inside Minecraft. And so they use that loophole to build a digital library in Minecraft called the Uncensored Library. And censored articles from acclaimed journalists became uncensored Minecraft books inside the library. So for the first time ever, a game became a tool to overcome censorship. That's why they won that award. So that's the other one. What kind of books? That is too cool. No, that, 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 that is way too cool. Yeah. So uh, over kind of 20 million knowledge? gamers from 165 countries, uh, up to somewhere around a total of 15 years of gameplay. But the library went beyond that. Um, 790 news articles with a total media reach of 2.7 billion people uh, helped, um, resulted as this uh, of the library. So, yeah, you guys go read it. Go to the Webby. Uh, you can get links uh, to this uncensored library, or you could search for uncensored library. So, so two pretty right. cool, uh, two pretty cool awards uh, for for the uh, for the Webby awards. And we're one of them. Eve Online is anyways. All right. Well, let's move on to the big news of the day. This is the Great Escape. Uh, yep. That actually went to, let's go to patch notes. Yeah. So some of you may have woken up and uh, went on dock in your favorite uh, quad warp core stabbed uh, ship to, you know, I don't know, deliver the newspaper, go get coffee or whatever it is you do with a quad warp core stabbed interceptor or whatever. And you couldn't undock. Well, surprise, today's patch included the nullification and warp core module updates. Make sure that we're at the right patch notes. That looks right. Well, this has the sixth. So we're looking for a newer. It's 19.246. It must be 19.3. All right, back to the drawing board. <laughs> Here, let me get you a link. There we there. go. Patch notes. This looks right. 2017. I linked it in local chats. All right, well, this looks right. No, this is all breaking apart. Okay, thank you for linking that. We should have had that ready to go. Sorry about that. Oh, well, I did have that. This is actually not the patch notes, though. I don't know. Where'd you put, where are you guys putting the actual, all right, podcast? I, just put uh, I, I, I put them in, um, in, in chat. This is them, yes. The, yeah, there you go. I put them in the, uh, thank you, Rundle. Thank you guys for trying. And there they are, patch notes today. And no surprises, except that they released all this stuff so quickly, people were caught off guard. We'd only started discussing this in the middle of last week. Uh, and then on Monday, there was something about the cloak that didn't go in. But so, yeah. Uh, this was initially announced uh, last week. So that's why you guys just heard about it or started talking about it last week as it was initially announced. Uh, when they initially announced it, uh, the nullification module was low slot and uh, it fit on all frigate class ships. So every single frigate and then uh, blockade runners, uh, or not blockade runners, but industry ships were able to use it as well. Uh, since then, uh, they've changed it. Uh, the uh, How it went live is uh, the warp nullification module. Interceptors, yachts, and nullification subsystems now have a passive nullification removed. So you no longer have that uh, where it, it's always on on the ship, so you never get caught by a bubble. Um, Interceptors, yacht, and nullification subsystems now have a new roll bonus, an 80% reduction in target range penalty and reactivation delay for interdiction nullification modules, meaning 
that they take 30 seconds to go through a cycle now, uh, which is which is less than a, a, a cloak timer uh, on the other side of the gate, meaning you will always be able to activate this after going through a gate. Uh, and the 30 second means that you can activate it multiple times in the system uh, in a reduced time. If, if you get caught again, you can activate it and get out of the bubble, uh, which is hard to do, but it is possible. Uh, and then the next one, interceptors, yachts, and nullification subsystems now have a new role bonus, 100% increased duration for the interdiction nullification module, meaning that instead of just for the 15 seconds that it activates for, it activates for 30 seconds. So it's a total of a minute before you can activate it again. Uh, so that 80% is reduced a little bit by this increased time. But again, that's 60 seconds. That is less time than a cloak timer on the other side of the gate. That's really important. Um, and then the passive nullification has been added to all shuttles. So shuttles no longer get caught by bubbles, uh, which means shuttles are now useful for moving around in nullsec. Um, we, we can get into the details later. Uh, new blueprints, seating, and manufacturing data have been added for the new modules. Uh, and they range, uh, they, they have meta variations as well as T2 tier one and faction variations. Uh, warp core stabilizers were completely changed. Uh, they now only allow you to fit one per ship, uh, which I guess we'll just read this really quick. Warp core stabilizers have been converted to an active mo activated module. Penalties to the ship performance will remain as a passive effect. So if it's on your ship, you get the penalties. Uh, I think if it's offline, you might not have the penalties. I can't remember. I haven't played with it enough yet. Um, and only the warp strength is improved when activated. Uh, that's super key. Uh, warp core stabilizers now carry the following uh, similar statistics. Activation cost is at around 80 gigajoules. Activation dur duration is at around 10 seconds. Reactivation delay is 150 seconds. Uh, so if you add in the duration and the delay, because you activate it last uh, this long, and then you can't activate it until this timer expires after this timer does. It's 160 seconds until you can use it again. Uh, maximum number of modules fitted. Uh, you can only fit one at a time. Uh, and there is some variation, as uh, Matterall is showing now. And then the warp scram strength is negative two for all of them. Uh, this is standard across the board. This means that even with a warp core stab, if you get caught by a faction scram, you're still going to be held. Uh, targeting range reduction minus uh, at or around 40%, scan resolution at or around 40%, and drone bandwidth penalty at or around 50%. Uh, and then these can be activated. Both of these can, the nullification module and the... Um, Warp core stabilizer can be activated under the effect of the Stargate cloak. So if you are cloaked under the Stargate, you can activate these modules before you initiate warp. But if you're in a ship that has a longer than 10 second alignment time, you would have to time it properly. Uh, thinking hollow. Stargate, not... Stargates and jump gates. So if you're in null sec and you're using the jump gate system, that would also, that, that gate cloak system, just to be clear. Um, I have fairly strong opinions on this. I think that it is good in that it forces you to make a decision for nullification on the nullification ships, and it adds a little bit of depth in decision-making, uh, which I feel is important, even if the right decision is always to fit the nullification module. Um, you still have to decide to do that, uh, and you have to give something up on the ship to do so. It does cost CPU, power grid, and activation costs to use it, and there is a little bit of thought there making it slightly more engaging to use, but it does also make it possible for ships to be caught that are nullified. And I feel like that is a very important key point too. Uh, in a good way or bad way for you? In, in a good way. Uh, I, I don't think that scouts in a fleet should have free reign to, to get around without, uh, or with impunity. There, there should not be impunity in getting around. So this makes it so that there is a chance to get caught. It's going to be very hard to catch something that, that flies with a nullification module and a warp core stab uh, does it properly. It'll be hard to catch things. But at the same time, it is possible. And it being possible means you can actually shut down a scout for a fleet or you can actually shut these things down. I mean, counterplay is possible. I think that's very important. What about uh, like gate camps? I think Valamir here says that there's no protection against a faction scram now since it has three points. That that is 100% uh, true. So a faction scram, you cannot counter. But I feel, uh, I don't have hard data to back this up, but I have uh, my my soft data that is the fact that there's a limit to how many faction scrams exist. They're not unlimited. And if 
everything decides to fit a faction scram, uh, the cost of faction scrams will go through the roof, and I doubt everything's going to fit a faction scram because they'll get too expensive. So it'll come down to cost. Is it worth it to fit this onto the ship to be able to catch everything, or do I let these things go and not be able to and fit the T two scram? Or I of do. course, can do the T two scram and the the disruptor, which equals plus three and hold them. Right. So these aren't meta scrams. These are faction scrams. You want to describe where the, is all faction scrams, or is it just the officer ones? There's there's a few the that have ones. there there's a few that have plus three scram strength and they all come from either officer spawns or uh they, they, they can come from NPCs, but the fact is is that they don't you can't make two hundred of them well in a day. Like there's there's a finite source of where they come from and the bottleneck to build them is fairly large. Yeah. Even if you dedicated all your time, you, you would need to get tags because all of them don't just require LP. You need tags as well. And tags are hard to get your hands on. We so. talked about this yesterday that the base was three for uh, these warp core stabilizers. They reduced it to two and then created the faction uh, scram problem. So now the faction scram can catch warp core stabilizer. Is it possible they will make faction warp core stabilizers have a plus three to their defense to equal out the faction um, I don't know. I, I I guess we'll have to see what happens. But I I really don't foresee faction scrams being fit on every ship because they they do get expensive when demand increases for them. They're they're not well, easily the same holds for them. not everybody would have faction warp core stabilizers. The rarity yeah. argument would play on both sides of it. But if they did it for uh, scrams. I wonder if they won't do it for warp core stabilizers. That may be an interesting thing to watch for, but don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see how it develops. Uh, but yeah, there uh, there wouldn't be a counterplay to having three uh, scram strength at the moment. Uh, but the counterplay before was pretty absurd, right? You'd have three warp core stabilizers on your ship, which gimps it pretty heavily. You're you're missing three low slots. Well, if you're an industrialist, and, you don't really care about. Um, I mean, cargo expanders or EHP. Yeah, just sacrificing some cargo. Very important things, yeah. Right. Uh, right. Both so what about the gameplay? It's even been mentioned in the in the chat. Uh, you know, just putting two two scrams on a ship now. I don't even need a faction scram. I just need two scrams. I... Yeah, that's that's true. Right. But then uh, the, the attacker is giving something up to be able to get that. He's giving up a, a mid-slot. Uh, and a point at scram would work. Well, he doesn't need two scrams now. He only needs... Uh... Well, I guess a point in a scram. Yeah, a yeah, point yeah. A scram. So a disruptor in a scram, exactly right. I mean, he just needs the extra plus one. There's a lot of fits out there that I have mean, both it, a disrupt and a scram on it, right? It still so. takes some space. I don't know what the advantage would be uh, to to mixing like that. Is there an advantage? I would think you just need two so scrams. There, there's a disadvantage. Uh, well, the, the the advantage of mixing is you can grab at at longer ranges with the disrupt. So I do have some fits that carry both uh, for with PvP. one point. No, yeah, with, with a both, point and a scram, yeah, there's, there's, there's benefits to, to mixing because you, you have the additional range and then the scram shuts down the micro warp drive. So having that range to hold and then being able to catch them with yeah, the scram to shut exactly. down the micro warp drive is strong. Yeah, okay. So that's, um, that's where you try to prevent them from warping away, but then you overheat your, uh, your micro warp drive to catch up, scram, knock theirs off, stop overheating, and then you know, finish holding them in orbit tight or something. I mean, that's, the only, that's sometimes the only way to find and fight someone who's in reasonably close speed to you, right? 4200 you know meters per second or something and you're going to overheat and go 55 but you need to stop their their uh, propulsion extra propulsion otherwise you're screwed that's usually the well, gameplay style. they called this they called this patch the great escape and and then they're telling us that you can't really escape with these warp cores where you could before i mean so this is like the not so good escape i feel like <laughs> more ships will be able to use warp cores stabilizers than before because you get plus two for the one module whereas before you needed uh two for it to work all together uh and then also uh it kind of makes it so those people that fit seven more core stabilizers and their lows they're probably not going to be doing that anymore so kind of it, it, it's a two-fold thing it makes it so that the, the the scenarios that are absurd where people are using them right now aren't valid anymore but the more common situation where there would be reasonable is now a valid place to do it because it's worth it now because it's only one low slot instead of two or three. Yeah. Um, well, it does as say. well, don't forget, sorry, uh, the, the Venture and the Deep Space Transports still keep their hull bonuses to warp core strength. 
Yes, that's huge. So now ventures um, with the one more course samurai have plus four uh, strength, which is huge. They can't nullify, if I understand correctly. They they, they can't be interdiction nullified, but they do do have that plus three uh, uh, or plus actually, four total. They can nullify the not the venture, but the um, the prospect because the, the DST or, can. Oh, hold on. Let me... Let's have a look. I have it right here. I'll bring this up. Yeah, the DST will be able to nullify and warp core stab. Yeah, it's the yep. third one listed there. But the but the venture, I think the venture fell off. The T one frigates, I think. The, yeah, uh, I don't think you can nullify. I guess it's. I'm not, checking right now. The venture isn't a isn't a frigate, is it? It's, it's a frigate sized vessel, but it's not technically a frigate. The frigates aren't on the list anymore. They right. got knocked off the list. Yeah, but, but the venture is what they call that a mining frigate, right? And but it was there at one time for nullification. Yeah. Frigates were sorry, but I don't think yeah, the venture it, ever was. It, it can't take it. Uh, it can't take a nullification. It, it's classified as a frigate. It is. Yeah. Well, that's important. I like the industrial. So they one took on that there, away. Actually. Hold on a second, Ronald, before you go off. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Sorry. They did initially allow T1 frigates yes. to use nullifications. And so you would have had a venture with a T1 null, with a nullification uh, module on it. If the venture is considered a frigate, I'm not sure it's considered a frigate in the way that they meant it. But they took that away. So now no, and they took it away, I think, primarily for wormholers. So thanks, wormholers. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I, I definitely think it was for the... You know what? It's that stupid escape bay that is very gimmicky. It doesn't... I'm sorry. It's very gimmicky. It doesn't make much sense uh, that you would have... That they would... It just doesn't make sense. It seems like it was a gameplay for sake of gameplay. And now you have to design around that. And, and that's one of the problems with sticking in stuff just for content creation or interesting choices uh, in combat situations. Like you, I think you break some of the logic of the game when you do that kind of thing. And there have been other examples of that. I would say proving grounds are kind of like that too. Um, those are gameplay. Those are gameplay things. They're not. They don't have anything to do with the universe. Sorry, that's my rant. I'm done. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the the venture was a what is considered a standard frigate under the ore line, but you do need a mining frigate skill to fly it. That's what I was thinking, mining. So, yeah, but never. the the hull itself is considered a frigate. So you, yeah, you're right. It uh, got it had it, and then it got removed. I'm yep. not sure. I'm not uh, sure. It I checked qualified. the prospect. I checked the prospect. It cannot fit the nullification module as well. Thank you for. I mean, officially for sure, it cannot. Correct. Right. I I double checked. Thank you. But you were saying, so, I think I interrupted somebody. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, I, No, gone. you didn't lose it. I knocked you <laughs> off your rails and you know, <laughs> crashed your train. Sorry. Uh, yeah. But R Rundle, were you going to come in here with something? To... Uh, well, no, what I was going to ask was, um, I, I was going to go to the shuttles for a second. Because I looked at shuttles today and I could not find the normal line that I would have expected in the front description that says, hey, you know, it's now warp core nullified. And I kind of took a peek around. Did did you look at it, Hateless or Abby? Has anyone looked uh, at the I'm shuttle? I'm looking right now. Yeah, I, for some reason, it, it didn't seem like I, I believed them. Now, I didn't hop in a shuttle and try, but I saw a lot of shuttles around. There was a lot of people. I think it's working because I saw a lot of shuttles flying around in the... Uh, in, in Delve today, trying them out. So I'm guessing it's there. It's just uh, they didn't put the description in, which, of course, is confusing as all get out for anyone. A little annoying. Yeah, you're correct. There's no description. Wrong. It's not in the description. Yeah, that's right. very confusing. It's not in the attributes either. Uh, that's right. No it's not anywhere. It. You can't see it anywhere, anywhere a, in the shuttle. It will be there but, soon, we're told. Sorry. Uh, it will be. Okay. We're told from... Uh, CCP Swift, it will be in there. CCP I, Swift, I get think, it right, man. I, I think we went, through, we went through everything that's in there, I think. But what we need to talk about is there were some things that still need to happen or that happened that kind of trapped some people and all that is being rectified probably within this first day or two. Right. Including the description on the shuttle to let you know that it's nullified. Right. So there's... There, the. I think the other part, the other where, the other place I was going to go here was some of these trade-offs, right? And because I think this is where I, I, I believe you guys have talked a lot about it. These are where the the real um, 
kind of odd trade-offs that is impossible to gameplay test is where it's going to come into play. Like drone bandwidths reduced by 50%, things like that, right? 80% reduction in target range penalties. Um, these sorts of things where people are going to have to re-figure out some different parts of the game. I don't even know what they are myself. I just know it's coming. And so I'm going to be very interested to just kind of watch what happens with those kind of changes. Things like uh, like that are really so, uh, concerning. My my note on this is that if you were fitting warp core stabilizers before, they had like a 25% penalty to the scan and targeting range uh, resolution and or targeting range reduction and scan resolution reduction was already there on warp course scrams. I think it's like 25% per, and they did not have stacking penalties on that. So it's flat and it was multiplicative, which means that is 25 plus times 25% times 25%, which ended up being just as bad. If you fit two of them, you had just as bad as before now. Uh, so it is similar to what it was before. The thing that is new is the the drone bandwidth penalty uh, is is what is new to this. And this will make it so that, uh, say, a Dominic's ratting or a Gila ratting or or an Ishtar ratting is not going to want to fit a warp core scram, and it will make them vulnerable. Uh, they can if they want, but it's, it's going to uh, discourage people that want to farm to fit these. Uh, but... As I've said before, it being one slot now uh, makes it more appealing to a lot more different situations than just what it was before, where there's kind of like edge cases where you would want to fit four workforce stabilizers on your ship because you have nothing else to put there. All right, real quick break. Can you tell us what your cat's doing there? Uh, so I, I updated my stream setup and I, I got another monitor and the cat has cat tv so there's a, a, a video of a mouse and the cat's trying to attack the mouse on the monitor it's a hole and in the I wall have <laughs> that the mouse yeah. comes uh, i do actually have a camera uh specifically to the cat uh the camera appears again see he's hedging his bets like halfway behind the monitor in case the but yep. uh yeah i got a camera that aims right at him from another angle uh, but yes i got a cat the the, the cat is literally ratting so yeah. the cat is ratting. <laughs> Does your cat stream on Twitch? Uh, might have to have a cat stream. I'm not sure. <laughs> there to go with the mouse. Oh, hey, look, that mouse is getting away, cat. Oh. <laughs> no, okay. they they've been absolutely loving this, like 100 uh, percent since we we set it up on uh, Saturday. And I've had it for a few days, and they they love it. I'm telling you, you cat people are fucking weird. <laughs> uh, thanks, Ashrafi, for that generous raid. We're watching uh, Hateless's cat, uh, or Kate, Hateless's cat watch cat TV, which is a mouse running back and forth. All right, back to Eve Online. Uh, Abby, what were some of the things that people were suffering from today? Uh, yeah, so today's patch um with no announcement kind of caused some issues for people uh if you were in a station and you had warp core stabilizers like two of them fitted and you went to undock you got a nonsensical error message it just kind of said something like you know group item of type id 479 so if you weren't really paying attention you might not have caught what was wrong with your ship um, there were some other issues. If you were docked up in a in a citadel and it didn't have a core, you might not be able to use the fitting services. You actually wouldn't be able to take off the modules. So you couldn't undock because you had the modules and then you couldn't take them off because there was no services. Um, CCP quickly put out statements asking people to submit tickets for stock and stuff, you know, right? They take care of it. Um, but really just, I think the the main issue was the whole community being surprised by how quick these changes came out um, really caught a lot of people off guard. And, you know, if you sure. logged off last night in a, yeah. in a cloaky hunting ship or a, you know, tech tree cruiser that was nullified and then you wake up today and it doesn't work the way you intend it to. And sure. you don't have the module, the, the blueprints uh, took a while to get on the market, I think. Yeah. You can just hear somebody swear, Helmer. I really meant to click singularity. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what what could they have done, if anything, to make a smoother transition? 
Um, I think like maybe a notice on the login screen, you know, that this patch has now gone live. A little bit more of a warning. Um, do they do that with any patches though? They Most... they did have it in the launcher this morning. Okay. Do they? I didn't see it this morning. Yeah, it just the the carousel normally has one or two items, and they had another thing in there that was updated afterwards and the carousel has the most recent so depending oh, yeah. on the size of your launcher sometimes you can have two things sometimes you can have one thing sometimes if you make a bigger you have one thing or if you make a smaller you get two th- it, you it's make weird. six things if you want yeah yeah it, it can get up to six but depending on the shape and size it has a different number of things um what i feel like they could have done is they could have announced the skins first and then made it so the most recent thing for the day was the thing so it would guarantee that that note was up front, uh, but I guess skin sales uh, trumps. Well, I, I, I bet today. you different departments have access to it and push, and they push theirs, their department's thing to it, something like that. So it's not one person or one even team that's saying this is what the launcher is going to have on it. I bet it, it comes from different people. Let's have a look at that. I mean, I mean, we have this, so we have the one. I don't want to show my whole launcher, but if you resize this, there's um, of things. So now I have two things, there and so now we have the Great Escape. It was there. It just depends on what you can see in your carousel. Uh, yeah. You click that, it shows. That should have been refreshed. Put it as the latest. Thing. I think it should have been on top of this one. Yeah. Uh, in, in in my opinion, because I think patch notes are more important than skin sales. Um, in again, opinion. Um, or have it so that there's not just two items in the carousel. Right now, there's two items in the carousel. If we made it so when there's patch notes, they're always in the carousel. So if you check this in the morning, that would always oh, yeah. be you yeah, find you're patch right. notes in there. Now that they could have um, done, yeah. I I feel like there's there's a lot of options, but the carousel is always here, and it normally has things for sale in it. I think that moving patch notes into the carousel and having a third item would be a good idea. But again, we don't want to flood the carousel because it becomes ineffective when it has less things on it. Uh, yeah, that is one. Yeah, that's a very good point, and that I think they should have been able to do and should have done. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think, uh, so I had this uh, bit of a heated, uh, heated debate conversation with one of my court mates about this because, you know, he was quite kind of, he was just upset, you know, this gameplay was interrupted. Ooh, and just I, just I, a little upset. Just, he, he was just a little just bit a upset. And, upset. And, and I, I, I was like, well, you know, people weren't upset when they had the check mark, you know, the check mark in the, in the, uh, map section where you can now have your map uh, or your, uh, destination route use jump bridges automatically right and i think that just kind of made it into the patch notes that was a positive change and there's there's tons of these things where they just push stuff in now on on his side to argue on his side a little bit i also agree that you know something this large they probably could have done a little better job preceding some of the bpos really telling people guys this thing is coming you know get rid of your warp core stabs make sure you know you know even with a day's head up or a couple of days, like bits are coming, do it, you know, we're telling you, and if you want to travel around New Eden with three workhorse stabs, just be aware this was going to happen the next day. Don't dock here, don't do that. Or if you want to drop down to one and just move to a different ship for a day, you know, these sorts of things, they could have helped with this a little bit. That's what I think uh, they could have done a little better. I absolutely agree with you. Um, I actually just want to give a, a big shout out to some of the CCPers who, since this change came and there was some uproar in the community, they have, you know, worked very hard uh, responding on Twitter, responding on Reddit, uh, you know, really trying to help people. And I think they realized they might have made a small boo-boo and, and they're working hard to, to fix it. And we we do know that they're still having ongoing discussions uh, between the CSM and CCP about really finalizing some of these changes. One yeah. of the ships that came up was the Yacht, which is now kind of useless, um, for want of a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you going to refund my corp mates 30 minutes of lost gameplay, though? I think you should get everyone in EVE 100... 100 uh, for being stuck? Yeah, 100 <laughs> plex. 100 plex for everyone for the, whoops, we're sorry, give everyone 100 plex. I'm watching your cat rat. It's cracking me up. Yes, that's quite funny. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. No, I. So, anyways, but I, and the, he wasn't alone, right? There was a number of people that. And so it really just kind of borders on how was I supposed to know? Now, my answer to that was, well, you know, Eve News is around. You check different places. You watch TIS. Uh, you know, I absolutely had that mindset. Um, but 
you know, at the same time, you know, if you just kind of woke up today and you've been working for five days straight and you're like, ah, today's my day, I get to play Eve and you logged in, you might've been, it might've been a week grumpy about it. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I can understand that. So the, the development team does have a couple groups. Uh, they, they have one group that rapidly develops little changes to the game and they have another group that, that, uh, develops bigger changes. And this is one of those uh, rapid little change developments uh, that we saw today. Uh, whereas uh, we can expect a, a bigger patches monthly. So these these tend to happen like once a month and then the bigger patches happen every quadrant. So every three months we get a, a like an actual large patch. Uh, we do have another one coming down the line, which I'm actually excited for. It's not in the launcher today, but it was in it yesterday. And we have a uh, new deployable uh, that is on the test server right now that will ping out and potentially decloak cloaked things, which I find very exciting. I don't know if you wanted to tell this just yet, but that is another one uh, in this kind of like rapid uh, cycle development yeah. uh, coming down the line. We talked about it yesterday. I'd like your thoughts on it today and the other stuff, the nullification and the uh, work core stabilizers. These are three things that are changing. The mobile observatory, as it's called, is meant to be a deployable that you can set out and uh, it will decloak cloaked ships in the entire system. It has a 40% chance of doing it successfully. But the ships that are out there cloaked have 15 minutes of immunity after they initiate their cloak. When their time runs out, their 15 minutes runs out, they are, uh, unless they turn it back, turn it off and then turn it back on, they are no longer immune to this thing that can possibly decloak them. Some of the things that we heard that you might be interested in, they're worth about 40 million. Uh, so they're not super cheap. They're very, very squishy, so they can be blown up very easily. And you can deploy 10 if you want to, or redundant up to 10 uh, in any system. So and they're one it. use. Yes, you can't, you can't put it back into your uh, cargo and take it somewhere else. So so how, how exactly do they work? Do they ping every minute, or do they ping every 30 seconds? And do they just ping until they die, or how does that work? Yeah, it's um, when you drop it, so you, you go to launch it like you would a mobile tractor unit, it takes 10 minutes to online. And at that 10th minute, it sends its first ping. And then every 10 minutes afterwards, for an hour and 40 minutes, it will send a ping. So you get almost two hours of pings out of the, the one module. So every and 10 minutes, that's six, an hour and 40, that's 14 pings, right? Yes, and you can stagger these. So if you had... 10 of them you could drop one at one yeah you know a minute interval and then you'll have a ping every minute for those two hours um the other question i have is when something gets decloaked by it how long are they forced to decloak it is just um it is it is there's no extra penalty on recloaking so if you are in a ship with a five second cloak reactivation delay or 15 seconds it is whatever your ship's native reactivation delay is so this would still be difficult to scan somebody down that has a cloaking device and and is paying attention. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. That's the key. So if they're not paying attention, they're probably going to get caught. That's the key. That's right. That is awesome. Yeah. Yep. And you could um you know if you were to warp between some spots and recycle your cloak, get a new safe spot, you have 15 minutes to, you know, make a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, take a phone so call. So you skip the next ping basically. Yes. Yeah, you okay. as soon as you recloak, you restart that timer. That's right. It's and a forty. It's a forty percent chance. So the ping isn't actually guaranteed to decloak you. By the way, uh, well, forty percent chance rolled fourteen times. You're getting decloaked. Y yes. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you're paying attention and and you happen to kind of watch when this thing, because it does appear on the overhead, if you happen to watch and set your own stopwatch, you can you know try to. Um, you know, again, active gameplay. I'm going to decloak and recloak in five seconds. They're going to be looking more closer to their cloak time, so you might be able to decloak and then have your invulnerability over it. And you could stagger your cloak recloak personal time by pressing the button. Again, though, it's active play required to do that. So there is a yeah. way to circumvent it um, if you're paying attention and running your own timer. So you won't get decloaked if you're paying attention and they only drop one. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Hmm. I think that that would be a good idea. That is a uh, Mr. 
Balotra Patronus worried about script programs recloaking. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be a concern. I mean, but you, for the most part, this is pretty solid. If you can, okay. So when you when you write a bot script, it's literally scripting your desktop. So it's something's moving your mouse around and tapping on things. And if you uh, set it up correctly, it, it can hit buttons for you on your HUD. And that's how a lot of botting happens. At least stuff that I remember. You can very easily write a program to time uh, even. Yeah. I actually, you know, I'm not even going to tell you how. No, you can. This is not a, this is common knowledge and it's been around for 10, 15 years. You can you, actually write uh, variation in it. So you can say inside this area, pick a random spot. And then that area is the button. So you can it, randomize. It doesn't even require a bot. It just I mean, is there's a whole a, a Logitech keyboard, one of the old ones with the. Yeah, I, I think the technology mechanics. is probably way better than it used been to be. Been there forever. But the point is you could program randomness in it so that the computer couldn't say, this guy's touching the exact same pixel over and over again. He's a bot. Because yeah. that's impossible for a human to do. So they can get away with some obscurity. And what we think about, what we what we say is like, maybe what CCP has done is created yet another hurdle, which is a plus for people who can bot these AFK cloaking uh, characters out there. Um and not only that, but maybe CCP is smarter, wiser, has better tools to pick up patterns that are not very human related. Although if you look at Project Discovery, a lot of EVE players don't act like humans either, right? Their, their uh, incredible dedication gets uh, unbelievable computer-like results, uh, yeah. but they're actually humans doing it. So here's, I was going to bring this up, but since we brought in this additional tool, right? So... You know, for me, one of the things that's always bugged me about Eve is, you know, here we are in this super hyper computerized universe with all the sorts of super fancy things. And I'm left to somehow manage a bunch of keys on a keyboard and different slots, you know, that are either F1 or Alt F1 or Control F1. And I have no way to put together a simple in-game script for I want to press these three buttons simultaneously or in a row to do something. And so I've been thinking about, you know, the nullification, like I got to, I have to do these two buttons now when I jump through a gate, I have to make that choice. But what if, you know, there's a number of options that if you kind of keep extending along that line, there's, um, you know, at some point, the human inability to kind of click a bunch of buttons and move your fingers and the mouse, it, it, that's not about being a good player. That's just about, you know, um, maybe fumbling or being awkward in a moment i don't think that's necessarily like the logic in your head is there but you know and then there's people with disabilities and inability to do certain things and that makes a game like this to be maybe unplayable in certain situations right so i what do you guys think of that sort of ability like this super computerized universe and we can't do the simplest of computer things so that is Honestly, a major balancing factor to EVE Online. A human can only do so much. Yeah. And that that that's me speaking as a multi-boxing, like I multi-box. I play a lot of accounts at once. Uh, there's only so much that I can do in a minute, in 30 seconds, in 10 seconds. There's only so much that can be done. Even if you have 100 accounts open, there's only so much a human can do. Um, and that is the balancing factor. Uh, you can have as many accounts as you want, but there's only so much that you can do. I think that adding any kind of automation uh, uh, automation, or allowing any kind of automation input broadcasting or multiplication of what you're doing would profoundly break the game. Oh, shark in the water. I can see it's Finn in front of your face. Yeah, she that. does that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I need to reemphasize what you said. We call it the man hour tax. Uh, but basically, in order to control uh, what there's different things that CCP can balance on um, maybe this is a rabbit hole, but, but the point is that one of those is what a human can actually do. When does it take a second human to be able to do a thing? And the more active the gameplay, the more often you need to go to a second person to do it because a single person has to focus on what they're doing because it's active gameplay. Passive gameplay lets you sit back and control five or six clients. Uh, because it's passive, you don't have to pay attention to all of them at the same time. And uh, this this cloaking thing was a very passive uh, game style. So now they've added the you must be active in order to completely protect your your uh, AFK cloaking uh, character, and and that's that's how they designed this fix. It was 
designed to to make it uh, to tax man hours. Basically, you have so to ultimately to active. Ultimately, it's not a large tax. It's like from experience and like how difficult things are to do. Uh, managing your cloak and uh, staying cloaked up in a system uh, isn't that difficult. If you you check on it every minute or so, you'll be fine. Uh, it's the it's just the fact that there's something to do in your rotation. Is, People will is forget. Really important. Yeah, yeah. That's you'll be doing something. You'll hear an alert like, "Uh oh, I've been scanned down, and somebody's on top of me." How did that happen? I mean, how many times have you like tried to make uh, coffee on the stove, only twenty minutes later to smell a, a you know a terrible burnt coffee smell and be like, "Oh yeah," and I think that's going to happen to people. But yeah, I think it will. I mean, in that case, I think people will learn to dock up in a station if there is one, or safe log off if you're if you know you're going to be longer. I mean, look, it happens. People get distracted. Someone might knock on the door. It happens to me the whole time. But um. I just think we'll learn to commit to playing cloaky playstyles, or we'll commit to taking that break for half an hour, forty-five minutes. And yeah, as well, I, actually, sorry, I just want to say that these modules are strictly low sec and null sec. They will not be allowed in wormholes, and uh, Poshvin is still up for debate. Uh, doesn't Poshvin count as null? Yes, but um, it you, counts. You as... can't bubble in it, right? Yeah, it, it's it's funky. I think you can. You, you can bubble in it, it counts as null sec, but yeah. it doesn't have a local like a wormhole. The, yeah. reason, the reason it's so weird is because they were actually going to take the the, the true sec or the, the security of that system and change it. So it would literally become wormhole-ish or, and wormholes are also uh, zero, zero, basically, meaning null security, no security. But they couldn't do it with those systems so they built something on top of it they left the system a 0.5 or whatever you know, yeah 0.5 or whatever and then they just mimicked all the other stuff all the all the traits that um nullsec brings which are bubbles which are i believe you can bomb you know all the things that you can do in nullsec i think you can do in poshvin but technically it's not you can't build anything because it's not sovereign right you can't you can't own the space yeah. in order to build stuff. There's that kind of stuff that, that that doesn't work. But and and you can't jump in or around it. You can only jump out as well. So you can take a sino out or you can bridge out, but you can't bridge or jump in or around the system. Yeah, thank you, Fonsue. They used Crime Watch, which is ingenious. That's their workaround because they they couldn't fundamentally change the uh, system. I think it would break too many things. It's kind of interesting. We had a we had a whole. Uh, conversation with them about how they did it which was interesting very ambitious all right so have you experimented with um i guess hateless have you experimented god we haven't talked it hasn't been that long but a lot's happened when was the last time we talked to you marauders right you've been doing maraudering just made that up yeah you've been marauding what we were talking about last tuesday i've been flying random things Okay, all kinds of stuff. What are you up to lately? Uh, I've been doing a... Uh, I've, I've made a brand new character uh, on May 1st, and I'm working on getting that character uh, to the highest reliable income per hour or per hour that I can. Uh, right now, the, it, we're on day 18, and on May 30th, I'm going to give the character away. Whoa. Which is... Yeah. Um, cool. So I'm, I'm building it up to, to give it away. Uh, and I've been working on that for the past couple weeks. Uh, and it's, it's it's just a little month-long project that I'm doing to kind of play with the new player experience again and uh, da, da, get a grounding da, da. for what it's like to be a new player. Uh, it's always good to uh, kind of zero out so you can recommend uh, what new players do when they start playing the game. It's hard to have advisement if you don't do it yourself. I think you're, yeah, because things change too. And uh, you need to get reacquainted. Yeah. It's funny, you need to get reacquainted with what it's like to start. And there are people coming yeah. in saying, these guys know everything already. And you know what they don't know? Mm -hmm. What that new player is about to experience. That's what all these yeah. advanced players don't um, remember. Once you get to a certain per, uh, certain point, I actually started the character right before the new tutorial came out. So I have not done the new tutorial yet. And the character hasn't gone through the tutorial system yet. So I could do the new tutorial on the character. Is it still A-B um, tested? Uh, because I heard that only certain characters, they, they were A-B testing. I'm not sure. 
Yeah. I'm really not sure. I I do want to play through the the new new player experience. I just I started the character and I haven't had a chance yet. Um, but that that is something that happens. You play the game for three or four years and you get all your magic fourteen trained. You get advanced weapon upgrades five. You 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 get all the fitting skills and all the rigging skills trained, and then you forget what it's like to be handed a fit. And then I can't fit this. What do I do? And that's you don't think about that as a veteran you 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 don't really realize that hey this happens or or because you don't have the gunnery support skills what you would think would work doesn't work because you're you're missing certain skills it yeah. the the game changes a lot uh, as you get near max skills is, is and... advanced uh, advanced weapon upgrade considered a magic 14 skill by the way a magic 14 are basically the core skills that you need to fit for every ship. It just makes you uh, much more easily able to use recommended ships, recommended modules, if you have these skills maxed up or whatever. But I don't know, is advanced I, weapon upgrade? I believe it's on the list. I think I it should remember. be. If it's not, it should be. Yeah, uh, it's, it it's a long train. I actually think... Uh, but weapons upgrades is but maybe not advanced weapons upgrades so jinkins um, jinker in here says it's not part of magic 14 which is interesting uh yeah it, it i i think it should be i also think thermodynamics should be on that list too but i i vary well, a little bit that's, but that's uh, advanced weapon yeah. upgrades uh takes 28 days to do and it makes fitting a lot of things easier when you're using uh, damage increasing mods uh, such as ballistics controls, gyro stabilizers, or magnetic field stabilizers, yeah. they, they it makes that easier to fit. Uh, uh, actually, no, it reduces it reduces the, the guns of the guns themselves. Yeah, so it helps almost every ship. which is huge because if you go into any nullsec alliance and you don't have that trained to five, you will not be able to fit what they fit, and so their recommendations or their requirements. Is it power grid? Sorry. It, yeah, it reduces the power, power of guns. Grid. Weapon upgrades is CPU. Yeah. That's right. Well, and, weapon upgrades weapon upgrades itself isn't even on the Magic 14. So don't even forget about it. Don't even worry about advanced weapon upgrades. Weapon upgrades themselves. But that's not a hard. fitting. That's not a fitting issue. It just doesn't let you do more damage with weapon upgrades. But right. but the weapon upgrade advanced version allows you to put those T2 guns in and fit six or seven of them, as opposed to four. You know, it's a big difference yeah. when you're in an all set group. Weapon um, upgrades too allows you to do things like uh, gyros to heat sinks to yeah those are all important or two. but they're not I mean, critical. No, it's more damage or more. It's just to make your things better, but not you're not like hey I got to fit so, a new thing. Right? We'll try magic sixteen. Yeah, but <laughs> the the when you don't have these skills all trained to five, it it makes life more difficult. Also, with the support skills for weapons and missiles, uh, application is lower. Uh, your ship doesn't move as fast. It doesn't have as much health. Uh, you like, it's not a night and day difference, but it's enough that makes like running a level three mission in a cruiser really difficult if you don't have all these trains. But if you have them all trained to five, it's it's no problem. Yeah, and you forget that that relation and difference very easily i and, might add and when people like you or you know high high level and high experience people are working on really optimal fits you're working with like max skills and uh you know you're looking at statistics trying to get creative at the very height of what people can use so you can't possibly then uh unless you are doing it deliberately uh, theory craft for people who are at lower levels than that because they they could be at a really low level, they could be a medium level, a medium high level. You don't know where they're at skill wise. So normally, theory crafting at the advanced level is usually for really optimal skills, and that's why a lot of people are left behind when they look at fits. Yeah, uh, making fits for low skill points is interesting. That's all I'm going to say. Because it's a whole other whole other discipline. There's so much variation. Uh, yeah. it, it, it's not that it's harder or more difficult than fitting for max skills. Uh, but fitting for um, it, it just there's so much variation and change, learning yeah. what to do. The choices are more diverse, things. right? The choices yeah. are more diverse. You got to make more. Oh crap! I really got to choose between this and this, right? Is really as opposed to two um, percent of something versus three percent of something of the same thing isn't the choice anymore. It's literally, you know, protection or you know, you know, uh, guns or 
you know, utility or something. You really have to make a strong decision of, am I even going to have this on my ship? Yeah. So I think that's really cool, though. So you did a character. You're showing how to make good amount of money in the game running missions, which is the thing that you're good at. The thing that well, you're good it's at actually a bit. Things, but... Missions are terrible for new players. So what do you? How, how'd you do it? What was the path? So so far, uh, the path was, and I I haven't played as much. I should be further along on this project, but I haven't played as much as I wanted to. Uh, we started with a three millionist Kestrel. We hopped into Kestrel, and did Tier Zero Dark Abyss. We're still in Tier Zero Dark Abyss, but we've made some upgrades uh, to do them faster. So it's all about doing them fast uh, to earn money as a new player. Um, so we started in a Kestrel. It's three million. Is it's, it's literally the uh, Eve recommended fit. So if you 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 open up your fitting window here, uh, let me bring up the character here. But if you open up your fitting window and click on this uh, community fittings, uh, we ran this Kestrel with one modification uh, and minimum skills. Uh, sorry, it's not that one. Abyssal tier one. This won't do tier one anymore. It did tier one when it was put in the game, but it won't do tier one. The only thing we switched is we switched the multi-spectrum shield hardener to a uh, to a compact. The compact has 4% more resist and uses less CPU, has the same cap use and everything, and it's cheaper. So we started with this 3 million Kestrel with no skills. I didn't use any of the, uh, or very many of the uh, skills from the invite code. Uh, so we, we hopped into Abyss initially with this. We ran this until we farmed up enough is to upgrade the Kestrel and fit it a little bit better. We upgraded the Kestrel and then we got into a hook bill. We got up to like 25, 30 million isk and we bought a hook bill. We kept the Kestrel and then we just kind of hopped up. Uh, we upgraded the hook bill a little bit and then. What, what's we the got hook bill come from? What family does it come from? Uh, Kaldari Navy Frigate. It does kinetic damage with missiles. So it's another light missile boat. And we're specifically doing darks because uh, all the NPCs do less damage because they use uh, mostly guns, so they do less damage. And so we can survive darks no problem with very little skills. And then the missiles, although they have poor range, everything is close in tier zero, so you can deal with the, the poor range. Um, and then we just kind of kept on upgrading our DPS and maintaining tank, and we ended up with a Garmer that's smashing. I'm sorry, I'm not logged into the character that I did it on, so I can't show you the fits but um we just kind of been upgrading that garmer and and moving on we're up to we started i think the the first hour we made like five million that's an hour and then uh as we upgraded and moved up uh we were able to uh, get out of the less than 100 success rate up to 100 success rate as we got into a hook bill and then uh we were able to increase the income from there uh, and we've gotten up to about 20 22 million an hour uh and so far our net worth is around 200 million esque or so and i bought a few daily alpha injectors so the character is progressing really nicely for only being 18 days old Did you start buying some jewelry no it's not that wealthy yet <laughs> it's just buying skill injectors uh, daily alpha injectors <laughs> no extras okay. yeah not not a whole lot of extras uh some viewers have pitched in and given me some uh metaplasmated things um we do have a system in place that uh, i can get a little bit of outside aid but nothing game breaking uh, that will make it so like yeah just give me a five billion esquila let's suddenly have 200 million isk an hour because we just threw a bunch of isk at it no the, the character is working his way up let's go watch your cat ratting maybe we could learn something there uh in the background there is a cat swiping at a fake mouse on a monitor which i love <laughs> got a kick um, we end up taking that monitor back and be like i don't know how all these scratches got here don't look at us cat you're missing the mouse <laughs> um I was going to ask you one last question. Oh, yeah, this is a question from a viewer. Can't read the name. It's in red. Uh, Abyss or Xflow? Which ones are you doing? Abyssal space? So we're doing Abyssal. There's, there, there's a trade-off between exploration, combat exploration, and Abyss as a new player. Uh, one thing that I value really highly in uh, making Esk and Eve Online is its consistency. Abyss is super consistent. Like, at first, it sounds like it's not consistent because there's a lot of randomization. But over a, a period of, of an hour or so, when you're doing five, six sites an hour, it becomes super consistent. Um, the difference is exploration is not as consistent. You can make more. You can definitely make more as, as a brand new character. You can probably achieve 100 to 150 million an hour. Uh, however, uh, there's a chance that you don't make it home. There's a chance that you get nothing. Uh, which makes it inconsistent, uh, depending on your uh, amount of time, how long your trips are, and your average take-home per trip. Uh, you could eventually get an average, 
but I feel like in a month's time frame, uh, it's unable to get a reliably consistent income. Um, and so uh, finding something that is consistent, I feel is incredibly key yeah. uh, because then you can earn the money to go take that risk and, and, and do the uh, exploration and, and have your jaunt out there to take the chance. But if you have a basic or if you don't have a basic income, when you get that unlucky day where you lose three or four ships and now you have no risk, now what do you do? Yeah, I was going to ask yeah, you think, if that was more valuable. Go ahead, Abby. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's very important that you need to find something you can always fall back on no matter what. So you, even if you lost everything and you're down to your last five million isk, you can start from fresh with a Kestrel in the Abyssal. Yeah, so what, what I always recommend uh, is whenever you're ratting or, or doing something that brings income, uh, whenever you upgrade ships, so say uh, you're running incursions, and uh, you're currently in, say, a Megathron. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to ruin this because this probably is the, the stereotypical progression. So you got a, a Megathron and you upgrade it into a Vindy, uh, which is a encouraged upgrade. Um, instead of selling that Megathron, you'd buy the Vindy. You'd save up enough to buy the Vindy. And then say that Vindy dies, you, still have, you, you still have the Mega to, to use if you lose your Vindy. Or say you upgraded from Vindy to Kronos, you lose your Kronos, you can step back. You still have your Vindicator. It's important to have your last step in place in case you lose what is your primary income. Uh, and, and using stepping stones and keeping previous steps is, is really important. It's, it's, it's like making a save point uh, or having multiple occurrences of something that you use to farm uh, to keep consistency. So when you do die or when you do lose, you have something that you can use, and that's helpful. So, so never sell your, your ship to upgrade it. To a different Correct. situation. You always want to keep yeah. that. Yeah. I like the uh, save point analogy. Makes sense. I um I recently went back, started a new character, and I went through the new tutorial with the 3D aura um and the proper tutorial with like the sleeper stuff. It's really cool, Halus. Uh you sh you should go check it out. I think you'd enjoy it. The storyline is actually really interesting, I found for those first Ooh. kind of fifteen missions. Are you gonna That's do this awesome. are you gonna do this again, Hateless, or is this experiment a one time thing? I generally do something similar once a year. Um, we made, uh, I'll, I'll go back as far as I can. When I started streaming, I, I made my character called Hateless, and I did a Zero to Hero series. Uh, I did it kind of weird. I threw 10 billion and <laughs> got the character. I trained it to fly a Macario for level fours and got the social skills for it. And when I started running level fours, and I the goal of that that series was to go from not being able to do burners to being able to do all the burners. So he 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 earned ISK via level four missions to buy skill injectors to and to buy the ships to do the burners to increase his income. That took me about a month and a half to go from just running level fours to doing all the burners. That was a fun one, and it gave me a lot of perspective into what it takes to get to where I was. About a year later after that, uh, a year and a few months, I made another new character. Uh, this one was just purely bot. I had ISK in my wallet, and I just injected the character to uh, do all the burners, and I just made the character and started farming three accounts. And okay, and that's just what I decided to do. Um, and it gave me that one gave me a perspective of how expensive it actually is to say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to buy the skill points to get the character. Is it worth it to just do this, to just buy a bunch of skill points? Well, that that is expensive. That is very expensive. Um, you can do it. It just it's it's not cheap. And then I did a zero to hero last year, in I want to say June, uh, where I made a new character and I received absolutely no outside aid, and I gave myself a hard limit on time that I was allowed to play it. We actually played it for a couple months and uh, progressed it through Abyss. We got it up to tier three Abyss running. And the ability to run level fours, it, it 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 was able to pay for its omega. It made sixty to seventy million isk an hour, did really good. So I went from zero to that, and then now we're here uh, seven or eight months later, and I'm doing another one. I I tend to do it about once a year, just to kind of keep perspective on what it is to be a new player, because uh, that way I can actually realistically advise what a new player should work on or how they should work. Yeah, you can relate to them. Cool. Uh, can I just ask if if I want to get caught up with the series? Is it on YouTube? Is it on your Twitch? Uh, both my Zero to Hero series are on YouTube. Uh, I documented them fairly well. 
Uh, this current series, I'm going to admit, I did an announcement video and I haven't posted a video on YouTube since. I've been really <laughs> bad about YouTube uh, for the past month or two. Uh, I really need to get better at that. Uh, so, yeah. All right. So let's all just check out your Twitch and watch your Zero Hero series on Twitch then. Save you the hassle uh, of having it's, uploaded. It's, it's uh, there, there on YouTube. Uh, do you want me to provide a link to my YouTube? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Throw it in the chat. All right. And we'll wrap up uh, as you're doing that. I think there's one more announcement. Uh, isn't there, Rundle, that you want to? Yeah, I thought it was of interest just yeah. really quickly. If uh, They have such a long history in uh, in EVE, the R red versus blue RVB and EVE University, of course. Uh, EVE University just had a birthday a little while back, RVB. Um, anyway, so they've thrown out an email. High sec war is coming. Two of the New Eden's oldest institutions go to war. Um, and you can be part of it, uh, Red versus Blue versus Eve University, and there's ways that you can find that. Um, you can uh, track down um, any of the RVB Corps or Eve Uni, go out on their Discord and stuff. So, uh, you know, I thought it uh, was kind of neat news. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, like a high-sec Thunderdome, so it's not like you're you're just fighting for glory, I guess, and for a side, it's not like you're fighting for, uh, uh, you know, for, for Sov or anything. Um, but, you know, they've been around Eve, those uh, two institutions for a long time. And I just wanted to at least uh, say, hey, you know, I saw the email. So check that out. Gives people a so chance I, to practice. That is absolutely awesome. Uh, both of those groups are great at helping new players. Uh, Red versus Blue for learning PvP. Uh, you get in a lot of fun yep. little fights there. And then uh, Eve University teaches all kinds of things. And they are absolutely fantastic. I actually rely on their information heavily for making some of my guides on YouTube. Uh, they have a lot of amazing information. Yeah. Actually, uh, I have an announcement too. Thanks for that, Rundle. And that is that we'll have CCP on again tomorrow along with Eve University. So uh, we're going to be talking to them about, well, I'm not sure it's a secret, but it's uh, player related because that's what Eve University focuses on is uh, getting players up and running and going and uh, CCP is going to be there with Eve University and myself to talk about that tomorrow, and then we'll probably rebroadcast that a couple times. I think this may be a live broadcast actually tomorrow at an unusual time, so look out for that. We'll ping it inside a TIS Discord, and you'll see it if we stream here, if you're subscribed or whatever to uh, to our channel. So check that out tomorrow. Another little surprise and some more CCP for you guys. So I guess if you if you really don't want to miss that, join the Discord if you haven't already, and uh, keep an eye out for the ping. That's right. All right. Uh, Hateless, thanks for coming by. Rundle, uh, Abby, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Uh, do you guys have anything else? Any last-minute advice? Uh, fly fun and don't worry if you lose your ship. Have fun. That's what it's all about, right? Just keep your, keep your uh, last one. Okay. Uh, by the way, I need to get some soundboard uh, devices down here so I can do the shark theme when your cat's tail crosses the screen. <laughs> starts to descend when it gets murkier in the water. I love that. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. We'll now send you off to uh, wherever else there is to go, and we will see you tomorrow on Talking in Stations.